Level Up Latina partners with working women and mamas alike to guide them in achieving fulfilling career and life goals through financial empowerment, professional or leadership coaching, and personal wellness. Find the unique coaching you need to succeed. You're listening to Vettel, Ceci, and Irene. And we are Level Up Latina. Welcome, welcome to episode 57 of the Level Up Latina podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about a pretty heavy topic, and it's violence against women. We're no experts. We're not reporters. But we definitely wanted to bring this topic to the table as Latina women. We definitely wanted to bring this topic to the table to honor the life of Vanessa Guillen. It's important that we do because I know the three of us throughout the 20 years of friendship that we have, we've shared stories, we've known people. It's really important that we discuss it, be transparent about it. Even as starting to talk about it was a little, you know, nerve wracking. Irene, Vero are here with us. We discussed this a little while ago before connecting and it was heavy in our heart and how we definitely wanted to honor the life of Vanessa Guillén. Vanessa Guillén, was only 20 years old, she was ready to serve her country. She dreamed of becoming part of the military since she was 10 years old. She's a Mexican-American woman. She was a Mexican-American woman, and she could have been any of us. She could have been our little sister, our cousin, our friend. So I think it's important for us to share this topic, bring it to the table, Thank you, thank you, thank you for having the courage yeah. to talk about it today. I know it's definitely heavy, and we are going to keep everything anonymous and the stories that we share today. We're not going to use names, obviously, if we personally know someone that we feel has been impacted. And sadly, we have a couple of examples in our own lives where that's the case, just like with Vanessa. It's going to be a tough one. It's going to be an emotional conversation. There's so much relevance with what's happening. There's so much change that's going on in the world. So many more things being brought up to our attention. Gotten to the point where we can't just sweep things under the rug anymore. It's time to take action where you think at one point, you think, oh, you know, when I got a la onda, the people in power are just gonna understand that this cannot happen anymore. But it really is up to the people for us to stand up and talk about the things that we see that are the injustices happening and make the change and push for the change, fight for the change that needs to be done to give justice to those that deserve it. Yes, definitely. And I think it's important that we're having this discussion. I mean, we, during our pre-recording session, we talked about how, why it's heavy. In our culture, It's it happens a lot. We see it a lot. But I th think at the same time, there's this pressure to keep it on the down low. No digas nada, ¿verdad? Calladita. I think in this case, with Vanessa in particular, she did say something and she wasn't protected. And I guess that's the bigger issue. In the Latino culture, there's a lot of don't assume, don't get involved. Beto has a funny story she's going to tell later about telling someone to get involved, yeah. which I really appreciated that story. <laughs> but I like that we're at least breaking away. Like Vanessa is a 20-year-old that was breaking away and said something. And we're going to get into how enraging it is that the system didn't protect her. The connection here is that we need more people to speak up and Vanessa, unfortunately, the ultimate sacrifice, the ultimate sacrifice. But I believe that other people, because of her, they will not be in vain. My hope, my heart tells me yeah. that this hashtag, I am Vanessa Guillen, like this system has to be exposed. And it was just like the Me Too movement, which really wasn't about Latina women. You know, this is really hitting hard in our communities. And that's Level Up Latina. That's our podcast, our communities, the way we were brought up. 
there's this taboo sometimes against getting involved when you see the signs. And are we really going to do that with kids? You're going to see a kid be beat up and have bruises and it's your neighbor. And there's a little bit more about children that suddenly they, they're the chosen ones. But women, grown up women, you see the same signs. And for some reason, there's still this idea that we don't get involved. I know for me personally, I was raised in a family where domestic violence was the standard and it was normalized. And my father beat my mother for decades. I was lucky enough to be the youngest So my mom eventually put a standstill to it, but she had to have six kids and realize that once she was having adult children, my sister is 18 years older than me. So by the time I came around, there was adult children in my mom's life telling her, you don't have to put up with this. Your kids don't need this kind of father. So this was the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, when my mom says aguantando because of her kids. She's taking it because of her kids. She's quiet because of her kids. She's bruised and battered because of her kids. Not even a financial need anymore because my mom was independent yeah. and making her own money. And But some of that still gets, unfortunately, indirectly or directly still seeped into our culture. And again, for Vanessa's case, she broke the mold. And I'm proud of that. Like, I didn't know her personally, but she spoke up. And while it took forever to get her justice, because two weeks is too long, and we're talking about her four months later, while it took forever to get her justice, she spoke out. And I'm, I don't know her story. I don't know her upbringing. But I know that in our culture, sometimes it's easier to not speak up. And that's why we felt that we needed to talk today as nervous as we are and mm-hmm. as unsure because, you know, we are not counselors in this field. We are not therapists. We are not doctors. We're not in law enforcement. We're not in the military. But we know that speaking up is more valuable than just doing the thing where it's like, maybe it's not my place. So thank you, Vanessa, for speaking up and, and giving the ultimate sacrifice. And I think that the part that you mentioned, Erin, that we're nervous about sharing, it's more not nervous about the topic in itself where we should we're, we're fine with speaking up it's more of a doing it justice and making sure that since we ourselves haven't been victims of domestic violence sexual assault in particular to where we've had to report it i feel that am i suitable to discuss this i feel that yes why not i am empowered i have a voice i will speak up for those unable to do it so if there's anybody out there that feels the same way like hey guys i don't think i could do this justice i don't think i should speak up for this because i i don't have a personal experience you know what fuck that noise you speak up you have the voice use it yes say it. Y yo soy de esas bien habladoras a veces, pero a veces digo, ay, am I, should I? And you know what? This mm-hmm. point you guys are right. Yes, there's a lot of work to be done. And part of that is being able to feel comfortable to talk about these topics for those that do not have the strength or the voice to do so. And I think it's, we were saying, we were brought up this way. It's generational. But, you know, to this day, like we hear stories like, oh, te acuerdas de fulano or, you know, that one uncle, remember he did this or, well, let, let me tell you, let me, this is what happened. And I'm just, you know, I was, as I was writing down my notes, I was remembering things that I remember seeing or, you know, ta- that I talked about with my cousins growing up. And recently, one of my cousins, I mean, I remember her parents were going through a separation and... She she ran away from home. We couldn't find her. And recently, I remember her saying, she's like, I just couldn't handle the the violence at home. I, you know, I, she was a teenager and she ran away from home. And she said, and that's why I did it. And as a teenager, you're going through this different changes in your body, in your mind, in your brain. She said, I would see my parents argue there was violence involved and I couldn't take it. I had to leave 
that home. And back then we were so worried for her and like, where did she go? Why would she do this? Like, en que pasos anda? But it was her way to survive and, you know, stay away from that. Like, that's what she needed to do. And now she's a mother and she's a great mom. And with her son, like, lo educa, trata bien a las mujeres, be a gentleman. And I think those experiences that we've had growing up or within our culture has made us become very protective with our children. I mean, up to the point, mis niñas, I don't want to leave them alone in a room with a male because of Mm. Mm. things that I've heard or males in our family that did something. And I'm talking about like extended family, like, you know, all generational because, you know, talks with my mom and mis tías, mi suegra, like just stories that we've heard. And, you know, again, with keeping this anonymously, like it's hits close to home. And like me personally, I'm like, yeah, I don't feel comfortable perhaps leaving my girls with the male in the room because I don't, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. And growing boys, I don't know, también, you know, las hormonas. You are making an excellent point, and it's beyond being Latinas, because if we look at just the UN statistics, so this is worldwide statistics, one in three women are going to experience physical or sexual abuse. One in three is hella high, and that's worldwide. So it's not just being Latina, it's happening to everybody all over the world. And so if you have to be cautious about where your kids are, more power to you, Ceci. And if someone judges that, that's their prerogative. But my husband and I are the same way. My mother-in-law is super ultra cautious to the point where I'm like, she must be reacting from experience because she doesn't mm-hmm. trust anybody with my little girl, just mom, dad, her. And I love that. I think I can trust her unequivocally a thousand percent if she is with my daughter and my daughter's in her care. And there's not a lot of people in the world like that. Mm-hmm. I'd rather be wrong than right in this situation. So when it comes to little girls, if we are normalizing that uncomfortable feeling, yeah, when they're with a boyfriend later in life, if uncle was around and brother was around and a vecino was around, like they may not notice when a boyfriend is being way over the top because physical and sexual violence, they both happen. It's not just hurting someone physically, it's hurting them sexually. And that's a whole nother topic. And with Vanessa again, it was sexual harassment. It was sexual yeah. harassment. Like it's like you don't have to be right to be right. You don't have to be right to be taken seriously. It could have been comments from this man. It could have been uncomfortable stares from this man. That's enough. That is totally enough. So, Ceci, more power to you. And your girls will know because they are protected that when they're uncomfortable, they listen to their gut. Because there's that moment of, wait a minute, this is not okay. Yeah. Yeah. And even at the early age, like at three, like I've I've had a talk. This part is tu parte privada. No one touches that except yourself cuando te estás lavando and mommy y papi si te baña but that's it and even like even you know Luis is like no I cuando se están bañando a ella las dejo que ella solita se baña <laughs> tú lávate la colita I like that tú lávate la colita and so I've told them like acuérdense like esto es privado you know nadie les puede tocar ahí si alguien te toca tú me dices a mí okay and yeah they're, they're three so I don't know if they get but I, I want to like start telling them para que sepan que no, que no, no está bien you know, like sometimes you're like, don't be too trusting. But you want your kids to know that they can trust. Imagine having a kid and, and feeling the whole world, you can't trust anyone, you know? So it's so it's also so challenging to be able to have these conversations the right way. 
as long as you're trying, you're aiming and doing your best to like teach your children el respeto, self-respect, respect towards others. It's a it's a very, I'm going to say entre comillas, like, you know, with, I'm using my hand quotes, a white thing to do, or like use your words. I think we've talked about that before, but it's like in this sense, the space, your personal space, like this is you, you know, no one should do this. Like it's, it's sometimes hard to explain. I mean, I have a two-year-old going on three. So I'm with you, Ceci. I mean, just daughters. Like, I remember just learning I was pregnant with a girl. I was in Havasu. I was pregnant. It was my first time in Havasu. So everyone's drunk around me, having a good old time. There's young girls everywhere and dudes everywhere. And they're like, you know, sex is just like, out there. And I noticed one of the guys that we were with, you know, this, this guy, I had never met him before. And just seeing how... It was so easy for him to pick up on these drunk chicks and they're young girls, you know, college girls having a good old time. Just seeing how easy if he wanted to cross the line with those girls, it would have been so easy. It was the environment led to it. I could easily see how some people can say, well, she was okay with it and blame the victim. But it's one of those things I was so afraid because I'm like, women, and I'm not saying boys aren't open to that, to, to abuse young girls, little, you know, young babies and young little girls and young women, it seems like it's so easy to happen. And sometimes we're just so trusting that we don't think it would, it would happen. And even when it does, we're so afraid to speak about it because then we feel we're going to be blamed for it. And in the sense of they're going to blame me because I've been taught my whole life how to take care of myself and how to read the signs. I didn't know. I, I can't believe it happened to me. So I'd rather not say anything. And now I live with the guilt. And now I live with this feeling of I'm inadequate or I'm not, you know, I'm not right. So it's it's such a dense and deep topic. For me, it's just it's an overwhelming topic. For anybody listening, if you want to share this and you believe that you won't be believed, that is true. Some will not believe you. It may be your own parent that does not believe you. And that is a dagger in the heart, right? If you want to confess something that to your parent, it may be a partner that doesn't believe you. Whoever needs to hear the story that doesn't believe you. That is true. That will occur. That's not a reason to stay silent because you're going to have enough courage to tell enough people to eventually land on the right person that believes you. For instance, for us, our job is not to not believe our sisters, our partners in the world and our women. We're hand in hand. Like our job is not to not believe you. So if you're finding and you're facing in the world that this, like Vettel says, becomes a shameful secret and something you just bear. And because maybe you are in an abusive relationship and the person you turn to diminished it, didn't believe you, didn't take it seriously, made it okay. Normalizing it is the other thing. Like Vettel says, you see drunk women and then people want to normalize that. I don't care Mm -hmm. how drunk you are. I don't care what you talk and people can call you a tease and that you said and did and blah, 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 blah. Choice is choice. And if you are too drunk to make a choice and if you are not remembering what's happening and you can't walk, no, no man is allowed to just take advantage of that. So we, it's a, such a deep issue. You're right. Vettel. Like we have to teach boys and men. This is your job too to protect women. It is your job. And that feels like such a big, tall order. I can't even imagine Vanessa being around all these people that normalize the behavior and are quiet about it and are suffering in silence. I can only imagine how hard it is for her to be in like that old boys club and trying to break away from those feelings when it is being normalized because maybe she's the minority, hugely the minority. So then the majority thinks they have the right 
They have the right to make you uncomfortable, the right to make you feel bad, the right to make you feel like you're in their space. So I'll let you get into it. But there's a lot of layers. And I think we need to start with our little boys, too. And men need to be called to the table to freaking stand up against other men. I agree. I'm going to snap to that. You mentioned about the male dominated industry or institution that the military is. When you are the minority, this woman, right, this young, bright-eyed woman that think you're, you're there for a purpose, your purpose is to serve and protect your country, and you want to fight for a country that has given your family opportunities to grow and flourish, and you're just, you know what, I'm here, and I want to I give back, and the best way for me to do so is by going joining the military, and you join the military, and you see, you find yourself there where this, like we mentioned, it's male-dominated. You're facing these people in the military. You see these men and they seem so powerful, so powerful. And they're just so strong. I feel like it's intimidating when you walk into a room full of men. Sometimes it could be intimidating because it depends on the kind of person you are, if you're intimidated or not. But you walk into somewhere and you're like, oh, I'm the only one different. Uh, that's a little uh, different, but okay. You adjust and you kind of go from there. But just imagine being in a place like the military and you go to them. You think, okay, well, I'm either going to get their support or I'm either going to get brush under the rug, my, my complaints. So in this case, it's, it just seems like overly intimidating, but then you're in this new place. You're like, I'm, I'm ready to go. And you find yourself in a position where things aren't going the way you're expecting them and things don't feel right. And then you feel then, then you think, you know, I'm going to speak up. I'm going to say something. And you go to these people. And then these people tell you you're wrong. Why are you trying to ruin somebody's career? Why are you, why are you even saying this? Like, just hush and continue. Like you're lucky to be here. Look around you. There aren't many people like you. You are lucky to be here. So if you want to continue on that path, you will have to just keep on and ignore it. But it comes to a point where they have to be held responsible for those that are in your class, you know, for your battalion, for your cavalry, whatever it is. Like when you have a teacher in a classroom, she's, she's responsible for those kids. Right. So you trustingly let your children go to school every day, day in, day out. And you trust that the teacher will come to you if you, you know, will come to you with any notice about your child and your child trusts the teacher that if she goes to the to the teacher regarding a situation with a fellow classmate, you would expect the teacher to address it and do what's right. And in this case, her superiors are those teachers. She had she packed her bags, left her house, her home, her family to go and what she felt was her purpose in the military. The people that were there meant to protect her. They ignored it. Uh, it's just another one of these situations, one of these other one, another girl making a complaint. And instead of addressing it, next thing you know, we have a woman that was missing and a woman that is now dead by a fellow by a fellow classmate, by a fellow, you know, by one of her superiors, a sergeant. So these things, it's just, it's so uncomfortable, but it's one of the, like the military is one of those institutions that is, is one, I feel like the most difficult to kind of change. They're like stuck in their ways. Uh, it, I would mention the don't ask, don't tell, like we're progressive. We're allowing women, we're, we're allowing people of, of color, of, of different colors. Everyone can join the military. We, come, come to us. We're here for you. But these people are like, you know, everyone's, yesterday was 4th of July. Everyone was celebrating their freedoms. Freedom doesn't come free. Freedom doesn't come free. It comes from the people that are willing to fight, sacrifice their lives, sacrifice, you know, everything they believe in to be there and fight for our freedom. 
and we take it for granted. And if we cannot allow, if we can, well, we cannot allow people or for women that are deciding to make this their life, their career, or make this choice to be there, we cannot allow for them to be treated this way, overlooked, not heard, hushed, or pushed out of the military and have no career. I think with Vanessa Yin, like I've seen, we've, we've all seen these posts and these stories being shared about other women. Like I am not going to be quiet any longer. Latinas have used the calladita no more, right? We have to use the calladita no more. We're tired of just being the hush women. I get the calles y no digas nada. And now it's like women overall are just like, you know what? We're tired of it. Now we're seeing it in the military. Then, you know, freaking change. You, you, you need us there. You want us there. Well, cater to us as well not in the sense of what you're offering but like take us into consideration and please listen to us and stop ruining our careers in the military because we have spoken up i've seen so many stories where it that sucks and of course it's what is that with what purpose is that done to make sure that they just shut up forever a secret society, right? Like they want to keep yeah. their society Andale. secret. But, but you know what? The truth of the matter is that this is 2020 and this is going to end up being a social movement year. Everybody keeps talking about 2020 and ah, what a year and can it just be over and everything it's going through and what else is it throwing at us and now they're going to be killer bees next. Look, it is the social movement year. <laughs> killer yes. bees. Like, we're done. Uh, Bye. <laughs> yes. <year>. Like, <laughs> like I really want to see those breaking through the system and not just the system that is completely diminishing our black and brown communities but the system that is hurting our women completely hurting our, our women whether it's at home which violence is very prevalent in the home it's more likely to be someone that knows you that kills you people aren't just killed by this crazy stranger in the street and that's exactly what happened to vanessa she should have been safe among her own but she wasn't really among her own there's a system that isn't treating her with the respect that men don't have to worry about this we know that duh we understand that but enough is enough that women have to have this i'm carrying my mace i'm telling my family i'm actually scared doing what i love that said she did what she loved she didn't say something just because it was casual she probably felt scared and that that wasn't taken seriously if a man feels scared in the military that's a big order i really believe that threats that are imposed on men are believed differently because he's this strong man why aren't women believed with that same power and that same potency so my hope is that 2020 is that year where it's like enough is enough it's like the me too movement is for everybody everywhere women of all shapes sizes colors industries career paths all women not just like white women in hollywood which I know yes. Me Too wasn't just white women in Hollywood, but it became yeah. this big old thing about everybody in Hollywood getting outed. And that's such an elite small percentage of the world. Mm -hmm. Like, How are all these women in the military, like Vero says, probably feeling like I still can't say anything. I still have to, calladita, I still have to deal with the fact that these are all men. No one's going to believe me. They hush you up. You know, I was watching this documentary on how gymnastics is the same baloney. College sports, mm. same baloney. Mm -hmm. College, it's a lot of money and they just want to hide it. Colleges, there was many years where colleges were being hit because they want to hide all their sexual abuse. And if you are physical abuse towards girls and date rape and all that craziness. But we have to start outing all of these places and outing them hard, whether it's sports, whether it's career paths, whether it's just you and your nine to five down the street. I don't know. You're job that you may think is not important girl you're important and we believe you and enough is enough and intimidation intimidation in this space has got to be defeated and i think it's an issue of 
women still having to climb and level up slowly and the ultimate sacrifice again, like with Vanessa. I think it's definitely, you know, allowed us to, again, bring this to the table and talk about things that we've experienced. Uh, personally, like I'm really close with all my female cousins, you know that, and we've shared you know, a lot of things throughout the year. And I remember, you know, as children talking about like things that would happen at sleepovers and then bringing it up again. Oh my God, that was, this was happening. Like, or there was a sleepover where I remember, you know, I, uh, one of my, one of my relatives said that she was, you know, it was a sleepover. And then one of the male cousins like was, had been, had fallen asleep behind her and was, you know, kind of like grinding her because she, he believed she was asleep and when she moved he like pretended to be asleep or like that one uncle he was I was falling asleep and he was rubbing my leg and I woke up and then you know or he was sitting me on his lap and I felt his heart on and we never said anything back then but it's it was a learning experience again back to our children or you know be protective like don't you know be careful if there's sleepovers like okay por, eso, por, por una razón es que dicen las niñas con las niñas y los niños con los niños porque pasan estas cosas and it's like, you know, now, now as parents we're trying to avoid that you know, separaditos mejor or just be aware of like, okay, where are your kids, donde están and what's funny about that is all that protection, protection, protection of the child, like I hope that that carries us our whole life, like that was kind of the mm -hmm. break like that, that can carry us our whole life and the, the things that you learned and the things that were inappropriate and the red flags that you knew, like they don't stop happening because you go to college no, there's still going to be no. the boy that's going to want to sit you on his lap and he's got a hard on and you're not feeling that. Yeah. You don't want to do that. So it's <laughs> yeah. the same Not bridge. your hard on. I have a choice. <laughs> not yours. <laughs> I want that guy's hard on over yeah. there. No, yeah. but then, then you get to your job and then your boss. But then it's going to want that because he's your boss and he's the person that mm -hmm. pays you. And I know it's easier said than done because you're depending on a paycheck. But boy, if it's anonymously, if it's a roundabout way, girl, you have to say something mm -hmm. to someone. And there is always a someone there's always a boss to the boss and if not put them on blast in the community tell the freaking newspaper get creative tweet about it because you should not tolerate it from anybody if it's the weird uncle when you're little and the crazy strange guy in college or the wacko mole over here co-worker the point is that never like bury that never bury that if it's you personally and then it's the other conversation or the other coin what if you're seeing it what if you're seeing it? Because I think that's even bigger for us and as Latinas and growing up like this, like you're like, oh, I don't want to assume. I don't know. I don't know. But I think that it's our responsibility. Like you might have egg on your face and you may feel stupid and super dumb, but ask. That is going to tell us her story about being asked about that. <laughs> but I think entre amigas, with friends, I think it takes so much courage. It takes so much courage. And I know you don't want to get embarrassed and you don't want to go there. And But if you see something that's off, Ask anonymously if you have to send, make up an email, send an email to that friend, send all the tips and hotlines. She won't even know it was you, girl, right? Mm -hmm. Whatever you have, or just reply to this email with this word. I mean, get super creative because I would hate for anyone to have on their hands. I had this feeling. I had this thought. I had this doubt. I saw it too. Because like you could save a life. I'm super pushy like that. I'm TMI and I say too much. Sometimes it's like, my husband's like, shh, you don't know. I'm like, well, what if I'm right? Like, what if my gut is right? You know, so it's awkward and it's weird. But I think it's better to feel stupid 
right? Yes. It's better to yes. feel stupid than to end up being right. And you're like, shit, I kind of saw that all along. And then that man beat up this other girl or molested these other kids and we didn't say anything. So it's a super slippery yeah. slope. It's interesting that you say that. Like if you see something, say something because, and you guys remember the story, a friend of mine from high school, mind you, We've been out of high school for over 20 years. Still, we were friends on Facebook. We're fr- so I know what's going on in her life. I know her kids. She was married. And so we're actually from the same hometown. And so, yeah, I hadn't seen her for years. I remember, though, through social media, sometimes her husband were, was in the picture. Sometimes he wasn't. So I would, you know, wonder, like, okay, are they still together? Pero hasta ahí, like, again, nunca pensé nada. Nada. So it's just like, you know, someone that you knew from years ago, you see what's going on in your life because you're friends on, on social media. Pero hasta ahí. And then unfortunately, earlier this year, we find out that her husband killed her. And, Dude. you know, there was reports that maybe perhaps he was on drugs. Some people saying, well, there was no signs. Like, how could we have seen this? And knowing this woman that I knew her from high school like I knew she was like a strong woman. Like I never would have thought that she would have stayed if, if her relationship was in fact an abusive one, I never would have thought that she was one to stay in one. So again, a veces no sabemos. Um, and it's unfortunate that that happened. It's a very sad story. She left children, two teenage children. I don't know what happened. Like no one knows what happens. And la gente habla, pero no se sabe. So it's just, it's, it's sad. So I feel like, you know, what you were saying, Irene, if you see something, you know, speak up. So, so you said something right now that you said she was such a strong woman that from you, what you remember her, she was such a strong woman. I shouldn't worry about her because she's strong and she'll know, she'll know when to leave. She'll know when to do this. I don't mm-hmm. need to worry about her. Yeah. You kind of move on about your day, about your life. And it's no big deal. But those women that are the strong women still need to be asked, are you okay? That's because true. it could be that even if they're strong, it could, it could be that this is something that just like, I guess since I'm strong, I just have to put up with it. But then it gets to the point where the next time they hit you a little harder, a little harder, or they're angry a little more and a little more or whatever caused this other person to feel the need to, to hurt or put hands on this woman, this strong woman. The next day it could be a little more intense and a little harder and a little harder. And the next, you know, that person is no longer here. I saw something, stop calling black women strong. Strong is why we have the highest mortality rates in hospitals after giving, you know, birth to our children. Strong is why we don't get the support that we need. Strong is, you know, all these other, like all these, she listed these Strong is why, why the neighbor doesn't call the cops when you're getting yeah, the shit beat out. When you're getting, when, no, yeah. so, <laughs> like, no. no, like the thing is that I don't, don't call me strong then in that case. Yeah, yeah. About, call the cops. Take, <laughs> call the freaking cops if you know something's up. And when Irene, right now that you mentioned about the funny story, and it's, uh, I always have to find comic relief somehow. <laughs> the other day, Thursday, you know, my husband's on a, on a Zoom call with some of his fraternity brothers from college, and they're like all chiming in. They're having a good time. It turned out into like a seven hour Zoom party. Okay. So at the end, it's like 1 a.m. I'm, I had getting, we were getting ready to take off for the weekend to my sogra's house. So I was busy also getting stuff done. So I'm like, whenever he's done his call, it's fine. And my mom happened to be over and she stayed the night from Thursday to Friday. So <laughs> getting ready for bed now, I had, I pulled out the couch for my mom and she was like going, she had laid down to fall asleep and I was brushing my teeth in the bathroom. And then my husband walks in he's like, Hey, can I join you? Get ready. I'm like, yeah. So we're like brushing our teeth together. And I'm like, you had a good time in your call. <clears throat> and he's like, yeah, my fraternity brothers. I'm like, Hey, somehow, um, his fraternity does a salute. So and I'm like, oh, I've never seen you do your salute. Can you do it for me? And he's like, oh, you want to see it? Oh, you want to see it? And I'm like, yeah. 
But I'm like, but don't be too loud because the kids are asleep. So he starts like kind of like whispering his lute, like with a very firm voice. And there's a point where he has to like firmly hit his hands against his thighs, right? Or hit the hips. And they make this really strong sound. So anyway, he did that like five, six times. I don't know. We, uh, he was trying to do his salute. And we go to bed, whatever, no big deal. In the morning, I'm up and I'm getting the kids' milks ready and, you know, going back to, you know, drinking some water because I'm going to go nurse my other child. And my mom's already awake. And she's like, hey, she goes, se le pasaron las copitas, ¿verdad? A tu marido anoche. Le digo, sí, estaba bien contento. Yeah, mom, he was happy. He was feeling it. You know, he was good. He had a good time on his call. And she's like, oh, but it sounded like he was, you know, did he, did he hit you? You know, it sounded like he was, he hit you in the bathroom. <laughs> like he was in there with you and it sounded like he was hitting you. <laughs> and I'm like, no, mom, he wasn't hitting me. But if you thought that, why didn't you go in there to defend me? <laughs> and she was like, well, es que entre marido y mujer. Lago, eso no importa. It has nothing to do with wife and husband. If you think that my husband's in there being the shit out of me, please step in and we both get it we both get it but no i didn't mean it like that but i don't want her to get hit but i'm like step the fuck in step the fuck in and be like no te dejes no porque les, you know, something and i think a lot of the times yeah. we're it's just so easy to like oh well it's husband and wife shit let them handle it or it's boyfriend and girlfriend or it's girlfriend and girlfriend stuff like it doesn't matter like it, that should not be happening if you've already stepped the bound like crossed that boundary and crossed over that line of physical touching, physically touching your partner when it has come to it, when you can't have a, con a discussion or a conversation about whatever it is, and it comes to, it leads to physical violence, then no, you should be stepping in. That's that should not be happening, you know? So anyway, it was funny because yes, he wasn't hitting me, but, and I thought it was funny that my mom would say that, but I'm like, dang, you know, this is the kind of stuff that my mom observe when she was growing up not with her her, her family specifically my mom's like my dad was like the best husband to my mom he was so caring so loving but she's seen it outside of that she's seen it with uncles and she's seen it with uh, other family members and seen it when she moved here to the united states and where she was you know with people that were around her in that community they were the husbands tended to Overdrink and love to beat their wives for some reason. And it seemed like it was so normal. And it's not. Funny, as I think my mom, because of what she went through, she'd probably be the first banging down the door and like beating up Diego. And that would be awesome. But my poor mom had her go through it all those years. And mm -hmm. as I've gotten older, I've realized I used to think that I got my strength from my dad because he'll say anything to anyone and he's just self-centered and crazy and charismatic and funny. And as I've gotten older, every year that passes, I'm like, wow, I'm actually more like my mom. And my mom is the one that has strength and will say anything and will stand up for people and will embarrass herself as she has to, but she's going to say it like it is. I didn't realize that what was happening was that my mom probably being herself was having my dad put her in her place, put her in her place, put her in her oh, place, yeah. place. So I saw my mom and my dad different. And now as I'm older, I'm like, wow, I'm actually like my mom. I just don't have this husband here beating it out of me. If I want to be outspoken, if I want to call something out, if you made me uncomfortable or it looks like you were flirting with that lady, right? If my mom were to say something like that with my dad, like it would have been freaking hell, hell for my mom, hell for the kids, blah, blah, blah. If I see someone like that, so Diego would be like, you saw me? Oh shit. You know, like, right. Like it's, it's adorable and it's okay. And I can, I'm gonna go flirt with that dude. And it's funny and it's jovial and it's not serious. And it's, 
But I'm realizing now that, wow, we sometimes normalize things and we don't realize that it even changes a person. So back to that strong point, be careful who you consider strong and help everybody out. Yeah. And if you see them changing, Beto has a great radar for that. Like Beto will notice if people are quiet all of a sudden oh, yeah, or thinking inside or something's off or the tone that you use. And thank you, Beto, because you're one of the few friends that'll be like, you know, what's up with you? Uh-huh. What and I just be like, okay, the truth is I hate my boss. Oh, whatever. <laughs> whatever it <laughs> is. Chismosa. Esa chismosa que quiere saber todo. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. I love it. I think it's great. Be that friend. Be that person. Be that inappropriate one that goes there. You don't know who you might be helping. I was going to say as my tip of the day, if you really feel like you don't have an outlet, please email us. Please DM us. Tell us something in code. Like I loved episode 57. And if we see that I loved episode 57, we'll know, oh, okay, let's tell us more about that. If you just feel like you need to reach out to someone because you feel like I can't tell my friends, I can't, I don't have friends anymore, right? I mean, men that are abusive to women really isolate women. There's all this bigger stuff that, again, we're not professionals, but like Ceci said, like I just kind of watch from afar. Watch, So do what you got to do in code. But not necessarily are the men, you know, pushing them away from the, their wives, their friends, the wife from the wife. It's like you grow up, you know, you're like, oh, it's life. You kind of, you rarely see your friends. You rarely keep in touch. So it just becomes so normal. And then at that point, you're like, oh, I haven't reached out to my friends in forever. I'm going to reach them out with an SOS call. Like, what are they going to think? <laughs> Yes. Who gives a damn what your friends think? If you have, if you need to make that SOS call, you, you, you do it. But it just happens so naturally that you feel, and then plus, you know, you start getting isolated more and more that you feel you have nowhere to turn. So there are those things. Like I mentioned, there is the, you know, send us a code if you need to, you know, and, and the secret code, there's a national hotline that, that there, that we have we looked up to make sure we have that available on this episode, um, which is 1-800-799-7233. And that's the National Domestic Violence Hotline. Ceci had also made sure, but wanted to make sure that we mentioned that the Find Sisterhood app is available also for a lot of you that have listened to our podcast before. We've mentioned and talked about Find Sisterhood. And the great, th- the great thing about Find Sisterhood is they have that option for you to sign up for the app anonymously. So you don't need to put any of your information and you can talk about any topic you'd like uh, or or voice your opinion or have questions, whatever it is, like, that people won't know who you are. So if you need help, you can also go to this Find Sisterhood app and put it on there and someone will get your message. Someone will see it. They won't know specifically who you are, but they will help try to walk you through whatever issue you have and how to address it if you need if you need to. There's so many things, so many changes that need to happen. I know that, like, for example, Vanessa Guillen's family is pushing for congressional ju- legislation to protect women in the military. Let's make sure we jump on and sign the sign on petitions to make sure this reform happens and things get done. I know that also there's the VAWA, which is a Violence Against Women Act that's right now on hold still in Congress. Legislation waiting to be reauthorized um, is still being revisited, but they want to introduce a new version of this bill to protect women. And the last time it was, it's been on hold for 2019, but we make sure we address it and review what that is, but it's pretty much providing protection for women. And throughout the legislation right now, it's currently on hold because they're adding additional information like transgender to, to cover transgender people, also same-sex couples and things like same-sex abuse. So all of this other stuff that's going into it, but just make sure that we follow up as civilians, figure out what this information is and push our representatives to 
pass or review those those kind of uh, bills and laws. Keep them on their toes to do what they need to do to help and protect and serve us as well. Thank you for that information. It's really helpful. I think uh, when we were discussing this topic, again, we were not we're no experts, but we wanted to bring this to the table. You know, give honor to Vanessa Guillen. If you're able to help and donate to the cause, please do so. If not, reshare the post, make her story be heard. And again, we wanted to be transparent. I know it's a heavy topic, but if you want to keep the conversation going or share your story with us, and again, like Vero and Irene said, if you want to you know, talk to us a little bit about something that you're experiencing, make sure that you hit us up through Instagram, Facebook. Our social handle is at Level of Latina. Our email is admin at levelablatina.com. Please reach out. I know it's it's hard and, you know, continue checking in on your girlfriends. Even if you think they're doing fine, if they cross your mind, why not? Give them a call. Send them a text. You know, it's, it's important for us to keep in contact, especially right now that we're not really seeing each other physically and we're keeping social distances. One of the things, if you feel like nobody believes you or nobody has believed you, we believe you. So it's really important to know that at Level Up Latina, our job is not to assign intent or judge anyone. If you want to speak out, just know that this is a safe place to be believed. And that's just important. If you feel like reaching out to one of us to share your story, we believe it. No matter how uh, much you've been told that maybe it's not true or you think that it happened and you're not sure. Or if you just think that no one believes you and no one that really loves you believes you. Our job is to believe everyone because we're not going to go anywhere wrong if we just show compassion and love and belief. So reach out to us and know that here is a space that you will feel honored. Your story will feel honored. Thank you, Irene, for that. And with that, we'll wrap it up. And remember, no estás sola. Aquí estamos. Eso es. Chao, chao.